A slow breeze pushes through the long blades of grass as the sun sets ever so gently. The breeze moved between each individual blade of grass like a busy villager making their way through the daily hustle and bustle of the village on market day. The breeze hits against his green skin as the sun causes him to squint. He sees a village at the base of the great tree. There was a faint buzzing in his ear as his friend, an energetic little fly named Tobu, buzzed. Upon arriving at the tree, he noticed that there was a hole that went deep into the trunk. He was about to enter when he had heard a call from behind him. Turning towards the voice, his hands instinctively went to the large round hilt of his blade, which was sheathed at his side. An odd blade it was, sharp only on the sides, but somewhat dull at the tip. It looked like it used to have a second blade attached at some point, based on the hole found around where the hilt was. The handle was also quite strange, large and round with a hole in it. It made wielding the blade somewhat strange, but still he managed. It hung off a thin white string that wrapped around his entire body, which was green like an uncut blade of grass. He had a small body, even by frog standards, but his legs were large, and they were mostly covered by the light red gi that was long enough to act like a dress over his legs, superseded by a white string that kept his sword pressed tightly against his gi. He noticed a small rodent scattering towards him. He had mangy gray fur and a scar on his left ear. He was wearing a gray coat that matched the color of his fur. He waved in a motion for the wanderer to approach him. He wasn't speaking anymore. In fact, he looked terrified to speak at all. The wanderer approached the rodent as the trunk of the tree got smaller and smaller the farther away he was. Yes? What are you doing? That is Ceriza's hole! The rodent warned with a stern look. Ceriza? Yes, the constrictor who threatens my village. What are you thinking? You'll wake him up! Apologies. I'm simply a traveler, finding my way around. I'm not used to this area. I can tell. Nobody has seen a frog in a while around these parts. The rodent spoke softly as he put his hand around the wanderer's back and started guiding him further from the hole. What's your name, stranger? Key. And this is my companion, Tobu. You're a frog who keeps a pet fly? The rodent giggled a little to himself. Well, come with me. I'll take you somewhere you can find a nice meal and a place to sleep. The rodent guided him through the thick brush. The village was just above the hill. The harsh shadows casted upon it by the setting sun showed a village showered in darkness. Key could barely make out the little rodent figures down below. He had heard tell of this village long ago. It was Kishimu Village, completely occupied by mice and other small rodents. He could see it was quite large, despite its occupants. Not nearly as small as most villages he made his way through, but nothing compared to the grand cities of the West. I appreciate your kindness, Key croaked out awkwardly. No, it's no problem. I own the town inn, so we were going to meet eventually anyways. What were you doing out there? Key questioned. I was actually traveling myself. I was out of town for a while and was returning home. I stopped to admire the beautiful sunset on the grass when I saw you hidden towards the tree. I was simply looking for some place to lay my head for the night, Key said bashfully. Well, now you find a place that's a lot less dangerous, yeah? The rodents squeaked as they finally entered town. The hustle and bustle of the afternoon town started to set in. They could hear idle gossip of neighbors, grunts of workers coming to an end of their work days, 
salesmen trying desperately to get one last sale before the night ends. As the night sky dimmed more and more, Key noticed a young mouse running through the village with a lantern lighting each lamp in the village. The village was quaint. It dipped and each home was a small hole in the ground, but the marketplace was full of stalls, all with little sticks stamped into the ground. The sticks were all lit during the twilight hours. Key assumed they were of course blown out at the end of the business hours. Overall, the village was pretty flat, with all the big buildings being just shopping carts made out of twigs. Some were just stalls made out of small pebbles and twigs collected. Most of the residents had made underground burrows as their homes. They kept walking through the darkening village till they came to a bigger hole than normal. Key's rodent guide stopped them just short of the hole. This is it, the Scurry Curry Inn, the innkeeper exclaimed. Who has been running this place while you've been gone? Key questioned. My sons and my daughter, hopefully well. You know how hard it is to put faith in your children. I don't have children. Yeah, that makes sense. The rodent chuckled before heading into the hole. Key sat and stared at it for a short time, not sure what his next move was until the innkeeper popped his head back up. Uh, yeah, the inn is down here, so... He said awkwardly with a half-smile on his face. It was large enough to expose his large teeth. Key nodded awkwardly, and he held Tobu in his hands as they headed underground. Tobu buzzed gently against his palms as they made their way down into the dark hole. Inside the hole was a long tunnel, and that tunnel branched off into a room on each side, filling up a total of 20 different rooms. The innkeeper guided him all the way back to the back room and waved towards it. There you go. I figure a wanderer full of mystery would probably love his privacy. Thank you. What do I owe you? No, no, you're fine tonight, stranger. The innkeeper smiled and made his way towards one of the front rooms. Key could hear the many squeals from the frontmost rooms as he walked in, probably his family. Key slumped against one of the walls and let the darkness of the tunnels fill his senses, and he let Tobo buzz himself to sleep, as he often did. There was a scream that awoke everyone in the dead of night. It was a blood-curdling squeal. Key awoke with a jump. He saw Tobu still asleep on the ground and rose up. He grabbed his blade, which was sitting against the dirt wall, and tightened his gi. Upon exiting the hole, he could see the moonlight shining heavily down upon the town. It was like an orb of pure light the way it lit up the village grounds. He could see it plain as day, a large, towering even, monstrous snake, Ceriza. Key had heard the legends of this monstrous beast. He hadn't been fully honest with the innkeeper, for this was why he was here. He started to head toward the monstrous constrictor who laughed as he gobbled up one of the villagers. Innkeeper, the room, how much? Key said calmly as he placed his hand upon the rodent's shoulder. What? Before the innkeeper could finish his question, he felt Key place in his hand a few shiny rocks. Key placed the bag of currency back onto his string belt on his hip and continued approaching the snake. Oh no, not another helpless victim. The snake laughed hysterically as he looked at the small mouse he had wrapped up in his wicked, whip-like tail. He used his tail to lower the mouse back down to her parents. Please, you simply must do something. She'll just die if you don't. He sounded almost sincerely frightened. The father mouse jumped for her, but was crushed beneath the weight of the snake's mighty tail. Put the mouse down. A strong, yet quiet voice shouted. 
The monstrous snake turned around to see a small little frog, not even as big as some of the rodents he'd already fed upon standing tall against him. It had a large blade strapped across its body. He hissed with amusement as he lowered his massive head to meet the small little frog. Don't see too many frogs that often anymore. What's a delicious little morsel like you doing here? Almost in an instant, Key, with all the might he could muster in his legs, leaped forward towards the tail and with his sword, slashed away the tip of it, letting the small mouse fall free. Ceriza screamed in pain. Key watched as she fell and shot his tongue out towards the snake's tail and used it to swing around, shifting his body as he needed for the momentum to slingshot him towards the ground. He extended his slender arms and wrapped them around the mouse and spun around so that his body would take the impact of the fall. They slid into the dirt, coming to a stop. The little mouse was sniffling, but other than a few scrapes, it was totally fine. Key opened his arms and let her run to her mother and injured father. Ceriza turned and darted towards Key at a blinding speed. Key could feel the wind breaking around Ceriza's head, which was like a torpedo. Key braced himself, and with the full might of his legs, he launched himself into the air, completely avoiding Ceriza, who smashed his head into the dirt. He let out a growl as he darted upwards towards Key, who was stranded in the air now. Key gripped his blade tightly, and as he came back down, leaned forward, making himself like a torpedo. He knew if his timing was off even a little bit, it would mean the end of him. He spun to the left as Ceriza opened his mouth to gobble him up wide. Key held his blade out to the right and with all his strength, jammed it into the side of the snake's mouth. The snake instinctively tried to pull away, but Key shot his tongue out and wrapped it around one of the snake's massive teeth, yanking as hard as he could. The blade cut deeper as Key pushed all his weight into it. The blood soaked his gi and body as it sputtered from Ceriza's mouth and side. Before Key could get too much farther, however, Ceriza's massive tail smacked him away and he landed hard against the dirt. His body ached, and his blade was still stuck in the side of Ceriza, who used his tail to grip the blade and pull it out, wheezing and shouting as he did it. <coughs> Key let out a smirk as he screamed in pain. You, you cut me open. You almost killed me. But you didn't cut deep enough, he shouted as he threw Key's sword at him. Key's whole body was on fire. Each movement sent another spark of pain through him, but he jumped out of the way and launched out his tongue again, gripping the sword tightly and swinging it around to clash back against Ceriza's neck. You little toad, Ceriza screamed and darted towards Key again. But Key jumped back, letting him his head on the dirt once more. Ceriza looked around and saw the innkeeper in one of the holes. All of the homes were occupied, but there were little heads up and eyes all watching the battle. He shot his tail like a whip at the innkeeper's neck, yanking him from the hole. The innkeeper squealed and squirmed to get out of the snake's grasp, pleading and begging and offering whatever trinkets he could find to be spared. Put him down, Key shouted. Splendid idea. Ceriza smiled as he used his tail to lift up the innkeeper and drop him into his mouth. Please help me! The innkeeper screamed as his screams disappeared down Ceriza's throat. Key couldn't be slow. He looked around for something, anything he could use, and that's when he saw it. One of the lamps was still lit. He jumped over to it and grasped it tightly. He then leaped with all his might towards Ceriza's towering head. It took everything in him, but he was almost there. As he approached Ceriza's face, 
He slammed the lamp into Ceriza's left eye. Ceriza howled in pain. Key used his tongue like a slingshot, wrapping it again around one of Ceriza's disgusting teeth, and launched himself into his throat. He held his blade tight and spun as fast as he could. Blood sputtered as he made his way through the belly of the beast. He could see the innkeeper slowly being swallowed. Key launched his tongue out and wrapped it around the innkeeper's waist and stuck his sword deep into Ceriza's throat. Then, using his blade as a platform, he pushed against it and leaped out of the monster's mouth. He and the innkeeper felt the cold night air on their skin, and they could see the glowing orb of light they called the moon shining high above them, as below them Ceriza's eye rolled back and he started to fall towards the ground. After all this, you're crazy to think you can pay for that room, the innkeeper joked as they came crashing back towards the earth. They both smacked hard into the ground, knocking Key unconscious. Key was awoken by the sound of buzzing. He saw Tobu buzzing around him manically in an eight-shaped pattern. He was in his room at the inn. It was dark and quiet. The only noise was Tobu's insistent buzzing filling up the otherwise immaculate quiet that filled the room wall to wall. Key rose from the floor and headed out into the hallway. There, he noticed the innkeeper who gave him a smile. You're okay. I knew you would be. We took quite the tumble. What of Ceriza? Key asked. You could hear the pain in his voice. Dead, thanks to you. There was a brief pause, and Key closed his eyes solemnly. What troubles you? That's why I came here. To kill him. That's why I was at the tree. I figured after the way you fought. But why? It is... personal. Key said, and it seemed like his mind wandered away to a long-forgotten place. Key looked at the innkeeper and nodded towards him, almost as if he was stating without words that they were good. The two made their way out of the inn as the sunrise slowly shone upon the village. Key had never noticed just how glistening it truly was. Where will you go? The innkeeper asked. Wherever I am needed, Key responded as Tobu landed on his shoulder. Key bowed to the innkeeper and started walking into the sunrise. Another